This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. Nintendo! For the week of April 27th, 2017, I am Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show, and coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're going to talk about games we're playing, we're going to talk about the fiscal results from Nintendo's financial briefing that happened, they basically went over numbers for the year, we're going to tear into some of that, talk about the forecast, and finally, we're going to talk about uh, some questions you submitted through the question block. Joining me this week, Brian Altano. And Pear Schneider. Hey, Jose. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Fun fact, to lead off, uh, it was Kirby's 25th anniversary on April 27th, 1992. Um, it did not kill the Game Boy, but Kirby's Dreamland <laughs> was put out for that system. Happy uh, birthday, just, Kirby. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Hey. Do you guys have a favorite Kirby game? Because yeah. I know we don't give Kirby a lot of love on the show, and it's gotten us some heat. Hmm. The, you're going to call me crazy. I actually really like the Air Ride. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, Crystal Shards was was cool. I had yeah. fond memories. You know, like I like I like most of them. I'm not a, I'm not a Kirby hater. Yeah, I, I like Robobot I a lot. Robobot yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Robobot's yeah. great. That Triple was a great Deluxe, game. I wasn't a fan, but I know a lot of people who liked it. Um, and then there's always Superstar, which will forever be this value pack platform action everything video everything. game. Yeah. Well, what it is with the Kirby games, they're clearly designed for for younger players. I mean, they're designed for everyone, but they they're very easy. So you don't have those highs and lows that you'd get from a Mario game like we all have our favorite Mario level where it's just it was kicking our ass and we're mm-hmm. trying to beat it and we can't right yeah. like and then when you finally overcome that hurdle you feel so good and it's such a memorable moment that yeah. you'll forever remember you don't get those moments in Kirby but all the game mechanics are really clever it's super cute I'm happy it's around but I, uh, I appreciate yeah. the sort of like Metroidvania style stuff that some of them do where you yeah. have to collect certain powers and go back to previous areas because I think that's when the game gets a little bit more difficult like it doesn't scale to sort of young and you know expert players the same way the Mario games do but I think there's a lot of cool stuff there once you dig in yeah. and it makes you feel really That's, cool like yeah. I, you can fight uh, Wispy Woods or whatever his name is for like every game a hundred times but it's still a great lead off boss fight yeah. it's still a cool yeah, moment they I find agree. fun ways to reinvent it and I will say um, you should send props uh, to series creator uh, the guy sort of known for everything Kirby uh, you know Masahiro Sakurai who's on Twitter Sora Sakurai uh, find him send him a tweet uh, congratulations because that's a feat, like 25 years of, of a new character. That's fun. All right, so let's lead off then with uh, games we're playing. And we've got a long list to go through. So I oh hope you're, you better buckle up for this. We're going to lead off with Puyo Puyo Tetris, which mm-hmm. Pear has been speaking in tongues to me in the morning. He's like, oh, last night I played Puyo Puyo, and it was so good. <laughs> Tell the people why it's so good. It's Well, first of all, Tetris by itself is good. It's amazing. Right? It's like, yeah. it just, you can't screw it up. And then what? Yes, you can. <laughs> you, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. If you, Give me an example. Wait, before you let me... I mean, Ubisoft's Tetris was kind of a mess when it launched a couple years ago. There's a lot of ways you can screw up Tetris. Okay. Like the, okay, I don't, I don't care. No, 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 no. Okay, fine. 
they're they're more great Tetris games than their poor ones, and that concept true. still works. Like you don't have to, you don't actually have to introduce anything new. You start playing Tetris, you like it, and especially when you play two player or four player, and this game is four player, it already works. And you can absolutely do that. You can do versus play with four players. I'm not a big fan. Like the way the buttons feel as a mm-hmm. D-pad on the on the Switch is not that great, but on a Pro controller it works really really mm-hmm. well. So then they add Puyo, which is Puyo Puyo or Puyo Pop or what was it here? Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, whatever. It's had yeah. many different Kirby's names. Avalanche. Like it, it was localized so many times. It's of course the old Compile was a company uh, game, and Sega um, sells it now in the U.S. And it's like you put four little slime balls together and they pop, and you can do awesome combos. So now you combine those two together. Which is really cool because yeah. they work independently and there are also modes where they, they speak back and forth. Puyo Puyo, am I saying that right? Yeah, Puyo Puyo. I'll never it rolls know. off the tongue. It's, it's always oh, weird. Puyo, Puyo, Puyo. Puyo Puyo. Yeah, chicken chicken. It, it feels like, um, it plays like Dr. Mario if the... If, mm-hmm. Tell him no. What? <laughs> no, Puyo Puyo. My daughter takes care of Don't that. Don't do it. I, continue. Yeah. I was going to say, it plays like Dr. Mario if the virus is evolved. <laughs> like, okay. It's okay. kind of like a... Like, I don't know, a, a worse disease going on yeah. inside the human body. But yeah, I, um, this is Switch's first. I, I believe, like, first real sort of puzzle game, right? Not like a game. Yeah, World of Goo, but uh, this one yeah. this one is more kind of classic, yeah, the, like, match Tomorrow Corporation colors. games are puzzle-ish, but yeah. this is a different style of puzzle game that has yeah. not come yeah, the color and, match. It's, and it's an awesome first puzzle game because it's a, exactly like, uh, you know, like when you play something like Breath of the Wild, it's a game that you can sit in front of your TV for 100 hours and play. But I think this game is also one of the perfect sort of, like, pick-up-and-play type of things. And getting into the, the Switch UI and starting a game is so fast to begin with, and the cool thing about this game is before you even get into the modes on the home screen there's a main menu option but there's also like a puyo menu there's a tetris thing where you just hit a button and you're immediately playing one of those games that's smart a quick match you just jump right in so like i love tetris always have you know like i'm a game boy kid right and like to be able to like hit a button on my switch and all of a sudden press a and i'm playing tetris it's it's perfect it's so fast but then the multiplayer modes are really really clever so there's a, a mode where you switch there's a timer where it switches you from Tetris to Puyo and back. And like basically you want to line up a piece right at the end when the countdown is going to like five, four, three, and then your screen will be minimized on the side and the piece is still dropping. And if it connects and, and, and clears a Tetris or, or a Puyo-like combination, that will count as a combo if you then clear it on the other screen too. So you can kind of set set things up. And then, of course, you'll drop garbage blocks or extra lines on the players next to you. And the four-player mode is really what it, where it comes to life. Yeah. So you can do one console, four players, even in tabletop mode, tiny screen, you can like squint at it and see the modes. Yeah. You can do a link-up play, local. You can do online. You can it tracks your stats and everything um there are other modes like there's a fusion mode where like the tetris blocks have the power to squash bubbles yeah and like get past the puyo uh, uh bubbles which is insane like because so it's cool. I, when i thought when i heard about this game first of all i was like oh i don't know if i'm necessarily interested in this and then i did dug into it and i'm like i love this yeah. but when i thought like this it's got one mode another mode like basically these two games and the one where you swap between i'm like well that's crazy but that's really cool but that fusion mode yeah where it's not just tetris blocks but there's Puyo shapes in the Tetris field 
it like it breaks my brain because yeah. it's just like hard blocks squishing jellies. And, and, like, and they they don't mix, right? No. Like you have to use Tetris blocks to to clear a line, but you can block your Puyo blocks with Tetris blocks a- accidentally. So it it really complicates things. Yeah, it has a very late '90s aesthetic to me. Oh, like yeah, it just yeah. feels like this game ripped out of 1998. It feels like a Dreamcast launch game. Sil- yeah. Yeah. Silly lines, In the best way possible. Super yeah. Japanese. I mean, it's all English voice acting, and it actually has a lot of voice acting in it because it has a story. They mode. say some really weird things that like, like they just sound strange. Everything yeah. sounds a little dirty too. Yeah. Like the things they'll say, like you're like, what did she like say? The, like the block will fall down. They'll be like, cock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you say? No, but it's not. Or like coming, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just hate yeah. a lot, and by right. after a while, you become desensitized. But the first Sorry, times, guys, you're so like, but, but you'll say, but you'll start saying it yeah. too. Cerulean. I don't know why, what. Why? Why, why, that, why no. is that a thing? But, uh, I don't understand. But, it, but it's it's charming. It's funny. It has this kind of old school um, aesthetic. And then yeah, I mean, there's multiplayer a, party mode. Have you played that? So no, evil. No, no. It, it has little power ups, and when you clear them, uh, it creates an effect on the other player. So one effect could be lights out and l- just a spotlight. Oh, that's cool. Or you that's could, dope. or you could curse them with misshapen Tetris blocks. No, I haven't You'll even tried like that. Yeah, we and, played that. That was yeah. that was cruel because you see, like the L-shaped block all of a sudden has an extra block somewhere. So, yeah. like, what happened? I've been playing a lot of the adventure mode, which mm-hmm. is like, so first of all, like the fact that we're even talking about all this <laughs> means that these guys did a really good job of taking these two very simple concepts and sort of extrapolating everything you possibly could out of them. Yeah. Like, this is not a bare bones launch title puzzle game. I remember buying a game called Polarium. At mm. the DS launch, do you remember yeah, that? Game? I remember that. I mean, we've seen launch games and uh, puzzle games are always like kind of hand in hand, and they're sort of like half ass, right? You yeah. get like a couple modes here, a couple modes there. This is really there's a lot here. So I'm playing adventure mode, which has a story. Which I was like, why does this game have a plot? Like this is ridiculous. Very wordy, but it's very yeah. smart, and they get it. Sort of works as a tutorial slash crash course of how to uh, sort of go, go through how insane this game can get. Um, and then if you get lost in all that, there's a lesson section, which yeah. is like high level. Uh, created by some incredibly good Puyo, Puyo and Tetris players who figured out ways to sort of like really break down kind of tutorials of how to how to get better at this game. Yep. And it, it feels I'm going to spend time there. Yeah, and there <laughs> because I mean, I, I'm not very good yet. I just started. Me neither. We yeah. play Tetris. He's fun. No, but I'm really good at Tetris. Yeah. The Puyo rules go but right you over can, my head a little bit. If you never want to play Puyo, you can just play as a Tetris player. Even online, you can play Tetris against Puyo. And I think there's a weak spot there. I do yeah. think I think Puyo is a little stronger, especially like in party mode. There's a, a curse where the blocks will drop really fast. And there's a big difference between like four little slime balls and a Tetris shape dropping super fast from the sky. Like it's a little imbalanced when you play uh, mm. when you play it asymmetrically. But okay. but overall, I mean, it's thirty bucks, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's got to be a full fledged package to uh, to impress. And I feel like there's so much in the challenge mode too. We haven't even talked about. It's thirty bucks digitally, but I believe it's forty physically. Yeah, oh, that's right. So yeah. and Not by the way, this is this is a game to own digitally because what does that mean? Just... I sound like a '90s rapper. Yeah. <laughs> You want to just break it out when you're with friends. You guys totally lost me on that. No, no, no. Well, yeah, you you do. This is is a great multiplayer game. I was born in the 90s. Really? I was already old in the 90s. You were already old in the 90s. All right. Uh, No, I think this is is like the – this is sort of a quintessential puzzle game for this. What what about challenge mode? Just quickly. Like what's uh, special about it? You have to fulfill certain things. Like like daily challenges? No, the the pieces like have to – you have to get rid of all the pieces on the screen. Oh, oh, oh. So like a traditional challenge mode uh, and and sort of a puzzle There's more. There are like lots of little little challenges and modes. One thing I'm like not crazy about is you collect coins during regular play and sometimes you'll do a match 
for like five minutes and you'll collect like 180 coins. Okay. And other times you do a match for five minutes and you'll collect one coin. Yeah. And these coins can be brought over to the options menu in a store where you can buy stuff like extra voices, which are like a thousand coins. And shapes. Or, or different like skins for, skins the, for the your Puyos or your Tetrises. But none of the skins are really that compelling. Like there's mm. a retro one for the Puyos, which is kind of cool. But yeah. most of them are just kind of like... It's like darker texture. Gaudy. They don't. They don't look that good. Like it would have yeah. been nice to have like a column skin, like the little yeah. crystals or something. Because yeah. I mean, Sega can do that. And it's also like it's it's worth mentioning. Like Tetris DS is one of the coolest things ever done with the Tetris franchise ever. And this game has a lot of cool. It's got some cool art. It's got some cool character designs. It's got some funny voices. I do kind of miss that Nintendo flair that was there. Obviously, you can't get that back, but man, that was cool. And it just fits with the time period of when that game came out. And it's not that it was that associated in terms of that it had been done before. It's just that it made sense for Mario and Link and Metroid. And I almost called it Metroid. Samus Aran, but that character from Metroid? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, But uh, just running around the screen. I wasn't crazy about some of the side modes, but I was at least happy to see them be creative. And I really do wish that someday that thing gets renewed and they do another thing like that nintendo it, it, and tetris together again. yeah and it felt sort of like a precursor to stuff like nes remix yeah. or um i used to love a game called PictoBits. it was a yep. dsi game so if you're listening to this though and you don't have a switch reminder uh this is out on ps4 as well right, so yeah. you can totally check it out there uh if that's uh if if you have not gotten a switch yet mm-hmm. yep. you're gonna say something different before i said that no no i was just thinking i mean nintendo has plenty of other pa- puzzle franchises too that we haven't seen on the machine puzzle league like, specifically puzzle league and yeah. dr mario and like back all the way back to yeah. like Yoshi's Cookie they and put all Puzzle League and Animal Crossing. Remember with that last That's update, right, it was yeah. a little mini game. But yeah. that it's Puzzle League. It's about time. But it's weird because with these branded puzzle ideas, I, I do want to transition. But before we do, I just feel like the ones that have been constantly rebranded. We've hit a point where, like, well, what do you put them with now? And yeah. Puyo Puyo to me just does not sound like an interesting title, but it is one. Right. We're here to tell people yeah. Puyo Puyo Touches is a good one. Well, if you're wondering what to do with the Dr. Mario franchise, we've had Dr. Mario, mm-hmm. Dr. Luigi. Yep. Dr. Wario is available in a WarioWare game. <laughs> Dr. Waluigi has not gotten his license. Dr. Peach. Dr. Peach. <laughs> Dr. There Peach. we go. There we Dr. go. Dr. Peach. That's the one I want. How about Dr. Peach? <laughs> not Nurse Waluigi. All right. Oh, even better. That. I like that one more. Uh, really quickly, before we transition nurses. to Mario Kart 8, have either of you picked up, because you? Bo- I think you both bought this game, uh, Super Bomberman R. Have you touched it? Yes. Since that last update. Yes, no, I'm going to no. go back. You yeah. have. Yeah. So, um, so here's the thing with Super Bomberman R. Uh, it's 60 frames per second now for mm-hmm. most, most, like uh, roughly or about as close as I can get yeah. except um, story mode just battle for story mode, mode. Yeah. but the resolution has taken a slight hit which is odd because the game looked sort of like a dreamcast game to begin with mm-hmm. um but that's it said, an I think, n64 game now kinda, yeah but that said i think it's a good trade-off um and the controls have been fixed so okay. they're not like they're not as sticky as they used to be mm-hmm. but the coolest thing about this is in some of the modes the like single players especially the camera angle was locked sometimes at like a three-fourths angle and now with the uh, shoulder buttons you can tilt it uh. which is pretty nice like i don't know why they decided to keep it that way to begin with yeah. but i'm glad they fixed it but the most exciting part of it is that konami is bringing free dlc to it with character skins from vic viper uh pyramid head from silent hills and simon belmont <laughs> or simon bombmont or bell bomb or whatever you want to call it belmont, belmont. <laughs> oh do they have a a no, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, that was, that's such an opportunity. <laughs> so it's free, and it's kind of cool that they're acknowledging some of their classic franchises. Yeah. Um, this is Bo- Super Bomberman R is like one of the best-selling Bomberman games. 
Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it just launched on Switch, right place at the right time. So, um, yeah, and maybe this will be a thing that grows over time. Is it worth it? I mean, like, I didn't pick up Bomberman at all. I didn't I don't think um, it's worth $50. Okay. I do not think. Not I mean, even I, with the free DLC, even with the free... No, Because like, they maps, too. They added new maps, too. Yeah. That's right. Um, I don't think... I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you love Bomberman, then, of course, it's worth 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you have, like, a bunch of... Like, Pair, it might be worth it for you because you have kids and you're looking for multiplayer games like yep. that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, like, borrow a copy at work and see if if it sticks with yeah, that but have one try it yeah 50 yep. bucks is it's kind of steep for this that said like i don't feel like i got ripped off it's got a pretty decent single player mode like a story mode with some cool boss fights and stuff like that yeah. uh, i think we gave it a 6.5 which we is, did which was mostly the content argument of hey this didn't justify that price and yeah. it didn't run great either i remember ryan's review mm-hmm. um yeah. and it seems like it those sounds, things are getting fixed, yeah they're, so. they're fixing that stuff so I, that's why i wanted to bring it up i didn't have it listed in the notes sure. but i thought it was a good idea yeah, um, for sure. so next is obviously my favorite here uh, so far mario kart 8 deluxe which uh there's a review on the site now uh, 9.3 uh, um, this is everything that Mario Kart 8 had, plus a great, great battle mode, which uh, we're going to get into and talk about, because now we've all finally played it. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, Mario Kart 8 was already a great game to me, and battle mode was the thing we constantly argued about. And I remember even when we had those conversations, I'd be like, well, I didn't care about battle mode. I feel like it skipped me. Like, I was the one guy in the room who was like, yeah, I didn't really play this a lot. I thought the races were more fun. I was wrong. <laughs> like battle mode, battle mode is really good, especially yeah. the five modes they shipped with, yeah. which were obviously classic balloon battles in there. That one is, but bomb blast is top great. It is so much fun to just lob bombs left and right. Uh, there's there's no uh, self damage or friendly yeah. fire, so it's not as frustrating. Coin runners, I'm not a fan of. I, I just don't think it's as exciting. But renegade roundup is a ton of fun, yeah. but mm-hmm. needs a lot of communication. That's the cops and robbers mode, and then you have. Uh, uh, I'm missing one. Shine Thief. Shine, Shine Thief. Thief is just the best game of keep away slash oddball if you play Halo um, that uh, that fits within Mario Kart. Yeah. So I'm really happy with the suite that they rolled out. To, to yeah. me, I mean, a Renegade Roundup's really strong as a team game. Again, suffers from, it's going to suffer a little bit from communication, but, Absolutely. but like when you're playing it, there are enough indicators, right? Like when you get caught by the cops, you're put in a jail cell and then the uh, the other robbers basically have to get out. The, uh, the Renegades have to drive over a switch and like it does give give you a good um, visual cue that your friends are calling. You can also shout for help. If yeah. you honk the horn, you're saying, help me! Exactly. So and you so, kind of get attention. But when you're playing it locally, then it really turns into, get me out, get me out, get me out! <laughs> stuck. And like, when the counter t- uh, goes down and like only one guy is out free, mm-hmm. it gets really, really frantic. And you're cheering on the last person who's trying to get you out. And like that's lost a little bit without voice chat mm-hmm. right now. Hopefully yeah. that game is going to get updated once there's the chat app or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, Absolutely. in the meantime, yeah, I, we're just Skyping each other. I yeah. do think that's a that's an odd miss right now that mm-hmm. that stuff wasn't ready for for the launch of this game totally. um yep. it's, it just seems strange like i think it's coming i'm sure it'll be there at some point but it just feels weird that that wasn't there for this yeah, and you hope that this game doesn't suffer but in fairness uh and granted this is these are old analogies and examples but like we didn't suffer for it ds didn't suffer for it 3ds didn't suffer for it and eight attach rate is pretty much a testament that didn't suffer either yeah, right. that said though you do want to change that message you do want to turn it around that 
uh, a Nintendo game with an online friends list has some actual interaction involved. Because right yeah. now, that is not what you guys are good at or that you provide very well. Uh, it's just very light interaction. Yeah, it goes from uh, a kind of light fun to being about community, being about friends and interaction, close interaction between friends, right? Like, you want to create something that feels like you're getting together with your friends every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just much easier if you can instantly communicate. Otherwise, it's all of us sitting on the main menu saying, I'm using tilt controls. I right? did that uh, while we were playing during other review. I kept spamming, I'm using tilt controls. lie, too. Yeah. Uh, no, you I wasn't. lie in this game. Yeah, but, um, often. <laughs> but big shout out to Balloon Battle. It's just such an yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, it works really well. There's no, you know, like, at first I was sad that the old bomb isn't back, you know, when you died in the old Mario Kart Dude, games. I love that in Mario bomb. Kart 64. I love that so much. Yeah, they, they, they got rid of that. So nobody, you're not sitting you around not playing. Yeah. You're, still, you're still playing, right? Like, you mm-hmm. get your balloons back. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's so it's so good, and and just booting up the game again, even outside of battle mode, I kept on thinking like, there's no there's no kart racer, there's no action kind of like fun racing game like that that's better. No, it's just nothing on the market. Like down to the way it controls <clears throat> when you're playing like what used to be the DLC levels like Zelda. They replaced all the coins with rupees, you mm-hmm. know, like the sound effects are different. Oh, it's like, yeah. There's just so much care in this game. Like in the F-Zero um, track, you replenish your coins by going That's over the charge strip. Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah. very, very conscious smart. of what fi- it's, it's almost like Smash uh, Brothers level of detail where like they're just very conscious of what makes sense in this stage. How do we pay careful respect yeah. to what we've already had? And that's why the day that a, a Metroid level uh, shows up, I I'm there. Like, I would love that. Not that that's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they are very conscious of that. And I feel like I kept getting a lot of questions, though, and I want to address one of them specifically where folks were saying, well, is this worth it? If you put in all the time on Wii U and you played this a lot, is battle mode alone worth it? And I would say, well, I would say it's not just battle mode. And if you're only judging it by battle mode, I think that then that and you feel like you've had your fill of Mario Kart 8, I don't think you need to buy this. But I would say this is not just a great battle mode that you can play with folks anywhere. You can drop a challenge. It is also a great Switch game and a great example of a Switch game. Something that like if we're all at the on, on a trip or we're all just sitting around in the office, even before this podcast, we can just have a quick race. It untethers it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And eight being in my opinion, a lot better than seven and eight being one of the best Mario Kart games I think they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean like this is one of those games where if anybody gave it a 10, I'd be totally fine with it because it's so, (laughs) but I know, I know, but it's so it's, first of all, it has a ton of tracks and they're not janky mirrored tracks. They're like all original, all very different, all feel unique with like moving elements. On top of that, you have a battle mode with eight tracks. You have a crap ton of characters. You have all these unlockable, unlockable car parts, all these different rule sets you can do. You can play it online. Like just such a full featured package. Now I did like when I first booted it up, I'm like, ah, there's that sense of familiarity. Um, why do I, why do I want to play it if all of the cups are already unlocked? I was right? going to talk about that real it's quick. A little wind out of the sails but you do unlock as you play you do unlock all the car pieces and then with uh, new characters like you can play as the inklings for example right like um you are unlocking new cars and 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 you're seeing new stuff and it does feel fresh i did find that a little peculiar and i I was torn on it right because i think it's like part of me was like this is awesome everything's here and the other part of me was just like but I think I realized like a part of the reason I love going through all the cups in Mario Kart is to unlock stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can get car parts doing that. But um, all the courses are there. All the characters are there from the jump. So if you've never played Mario Kart 8 
oh my god, I can't even imagine like how like exhilarating and overwhelming it is to open up that game and be like, there's 40 characters here. There's a hundred, you know. If you didn't have the DLC too, yeah, you that know, too, right? yeah, that's a great surprise yeah. too. No, and <clears throat> maybe it's also signs of that they need to start rethinking what single player is in Mario Kart. Mm. Like I feel like it is the one area that. I, even myself as a fan, I'm not sure how they should approach it because I don't think I've seen it done in a great way. Well, they've tried back in the DS version. It was like a story mode that mm-hmm. a single player campaign where you had boss fights and stuff like that. What do you think of that though? And um, be real about that. It's like I'm glad they did it there yeah. because it was that's a, a GBA game, and I didn't always have seven other GBAs or four other GBAs sitting next to me. But um, I look at something like um, Diddy Kong Racing, which people put. Above Mario Kart, I've never been that guy. I understand why people love it. It's just not really my thing comparatively, especially to Mario Kart 64, which is one of my favorites in the series. Yep. Um, that one had a like actually really well sort of thought out approach to single player mm-hmm. in that like there's an open world. It felt kind of Mario 64-ish. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it needs something that kind of elaborate. It might be too much. It yeah, might be too yeah, much. Yeah. F-Zero GX had a cool, like remember that? Like yeah. that entire Do story you remember mode? that? Like yeah. that was I so I wacky that. and but it was silly. so hard. It was, yeah. But like That's I right. would love it if there was some sort of like quest mode in Mario Kart. Like if you, if there were like eight items that you didn't have in the beginning and like there'd be like in Zelda, like you beat this cup and you get to a temple and then you get your triple mushroom or whatever, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. to give you like the sense of discovery and, and freshness rather than, you know, like Mario Kart always feels like I know exactly what this game yeah. is about. I'm getting back in and you get a lot of joy out of it, but not the joy of discovery. And Diddy Kong did have that. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't, by adding that stuff, you do take away from the just pick up and play. Like just yeah. jump in and everything is open though. and you can have every every mode open, every possibility. Yeah. And I do think it's a tough balance to to manage, I think, just because of that. Because I do think that that, I'm, I'm like you, I feel torn on that. We're like, okay, maybe there could be a better single player here. But at the same time, if I want to go to someone's desk and just drop a challenge and we want to play the a certain cup, we can do that. And yeah. it's not like, oh, well, I can only choose from these races. Or think of if you booted up 1-2-Switch and there's like, oh, well, you must play these games mm-hmm. before you will give you the rest. That is annoying. That's yeah. a little too much. And then yeah. you're just like, well, no, I don't I don't want to play these three. I just want to get to ball count. Where is yeah. it? Right. You know, <laughs> right. like, could I just jump in that? Well, I think 1-2-Switch was kind of like that, actually. What? 1-2-Switch. Yeah. Uh, because you did have to actually get through certain yeah, sections yeah. to... Well, that's what it means, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that about yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, the interesting thing is that there is one unlockable character in this game. <laughs> gold Mario. And he's a repaint of, yeah. you know, yeah. of Silver Mario, Gold, a uh, regular Mario, Tanuki Mario. He's the fourth Mario. Oh, Baby Mario. I think there's like five Mario. That's a show-off character. Yeah, like, totally. when you're playing online, that's yeah, your show-off The gold off cart character. parts were the same thing yeah. in 8, right? You can get the gold uh, glider, I think, and there was a gold cart, and yeah. there were gold wheels, and there were just signs that, yeah, I did everything, but it's, yep. it's not necessarily a, a platinum trophy. I think I think it just feels a little strange as a Nintendo fan playing a Nintendo game, which are almost always known for like their secrets and unlockables and like sort of like collectibles and sure. stuff like that. Yeah. There's just like, a very big collecting aspect to Nintendo yeah. games, mm-hmm. and to have everything available from the jump um, took that away from me a little bit. Sure. It hasn't stopped my joy. I still love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah, and you were you were kind of down on this going in. Like, do you feel like it, it has exceeded or, or met or exceeded your expectations? Now? Um, the battle mode's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, it's it's still like a little bit of a it's still a little bit of a head scratcher to be like the fact that we're even answering this question without just saying like declaratively like oh you must buy this game because to somebody who had the version on wii u with all the dlc like it's still a second to be like well like let me ask you like how are you going to play this game like tomorrow i have a cross-country flight 
and I'm going to bring my Switch and Mario Kart 8. Sure. And I'm going to take those Joy-Cons off, and me and my wife are going to play Mario Kart together. And that's something we couldn't do on the Wii U because yep. my Wii U didn't work four feet away. Yep. So for me, like that's an edge case, but it works really awesome. Next week, I have another cross-country flight with my, with my friend Max Goville. But it's not just and for flights, right? It's great on your TV, too. It's great on my TV, too. But, I mean, this is but a scenario where... He already has where, Wii U there. Yeah. 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 But, like, Max, Max has a Switch, and he's buying Mario Kart 8 tomorrow, and we're going to play... Uh, like over, over, you know, over Wi-Fi or whatever it is, we'll yeah. do like connection mm. next week where we each have our own screen. And that's like awesome. I couldn't do that before. And yeah. I used to play Mario Kart on GBA. I used to play Mario Kart on 3DS, DS, 3DS. Yeah. Like, so in that, in that way, it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you th- I think it depends on what you're going to be using this What for. do you think about the small editions? Um, we haven't talked about the double item thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very different from like Double Dash where yeah. you can actually tactically control what item you use next. Yeah. It's basically just... You hold two items. Yep. Well, it, it makes a difference, I feel like, in battle mode where it's not always just fire and then, and then you know, run again for a thing. Like, you can actually plan a little bit. You go like, ooh, I have, you know, a mushroom and, uh, and a turtle. And, like, you zoom in and hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it that adds a little bit. happens in races, bit. too, yeah. Like, it where you'll be like, hey, element, I have this yeah. thing. No, absolutely. But uh, you can switch between them, which no. was a signature double dash thing. It feels like the way I was playing Mario Kart before Mario Kart 8, because in 7, you just use the item and hold it behind you while yep. you pick up something else. Yeah. I don't think it's added a ton, but it is nice to have that back versus the That's way right. Mario Kart 8 did it, which was, hey, you're only holding one item. And I think it was just a way to keep things sort of ba- balanced on their end. Yeah, I never liked that. Never. I always you know, I always loved that you could have a defensive item and collect another just yeah, in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's nice that that's back. Absolutely. A couple of other like their tweaks, obviously like fire hopping is gone, mm-hmm. right? So they yeah. tweaked it a little bit for some of the exploits that were Smart in steering there. is in there. So if you've got kids... Confusing. Which is uh, it's a confusing part of the UI for sure, uh, just because it's embedded in the weirdest place it could possibly be. Yeah. But if you've got a kid, if you've ever played Mario Kart with kids, you know that when they fall off the track, it's it's sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like they they're they're like just done. Like uh, yeah, I got a I friend's w- nine year old. He's always sad. He can't finish a race. My son in Mario Kart friends. Seven because he falls off the track. Whereas he'll play this and he's like, thank God. I wanted to talk about this real quick because it's like it's there's two things about it. Number one, it's it's turned on from the jump without you even uh, the toggling that. So that's something, if you don't want it, which I, if, you, if you're listening to this show, I'm guessing you've played a Mario Kart game before. You're not going to want it. You probably don't want it annoy on. You. Uh, I had it on, didn't realize it, and then jumped into some online matches with Greg Miller mm-hmm. and was like, I felt like someone was like a, like possessing my cart. Yeah. Like I went to go take a, a shortcut yeah. and it was just like, no, and pulled me to the center of the track. It um, needs an update to tell you that it's on in a yeah. clearer way. And if you pause the game, it'll show you that it's on. Yeah, it'll show is, you. And like you'll see on the back of your cart, there's a little like antenna with a yellow ball Beep. on it, which That's is kind of cute. Target, um, yeah. Number two, that said, this is not a win button. Like I went on 200cc with smart steering on mm-hmm. and because uh, I saw some videos people were putting on YouTube of them just like getting in first place with smart steering on without... The TCC yeah. without touching the controller, which I think you can do if you're kind of lucky, right? I put it on 200cc, started the match, put the controller down four times in a row in a Grand Prix, 12th place every single time, dead last in the entire cup. <laughs> and that's like maybe if I had picked it up and hit a few buttons for items, I would have yeah. done a little bit better. But yeah. this is not like you will not automatically win. I'm, I'm, I'm confident they balance it pretty well. I, I try. I mean, look, my, my youngest one was losing. You know, my, my kids are, are 16, 14, 11. And the 11-year-old kept on getting smoked yep, in yep. the game. And I said, why don't you turn on the smart steering? And he got so mad. Yeah. 
Like it was, you know, he felt it was so condescending. Yeah, nine-year-olds have no shame. Do it. They go straight for I'm, the smart steering. I may, I may just secretly turn it on because I think he'll have a better time, honestly. Yeah, because he got I mean, really I, mad. I think I, li- I like this stuff. It falls in line with what they did with um, Super Mario Brother, New Super Mario 3DS or 3, uh, 3D World. Yeah, where just it's the just idea like, of keeping younger players in mind. I mean, like, all right, we want them to get through. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But I do believe this, this thing will get patched. So it'll be easier to find smart steering and turn yeah. it on or off. Like, I just think this team cares. I think Nintendo has shown, too, with Zelda that it's not just a fire and forget. Um, I don't think that'll be the case with Mario Kart either. either even if it's just one patch, it will still be, hey, we're going to fix it. It's confusing, right? Because it's like there's yes. you hit that button and three options come up. And one of them is for smart steering. One of them is for motion control. The and one of them is for auto accelerate, which is like none of them are very well explained. Yeah. So I was just kind of flicking them on and off to see what worked. I mean, I understood motion control, but mm-hmm. like I didn't know what auto accelerate. Yeah, meant. you got to put that more up front. I don't mind that it's on from the start because it's on for the start in like Forza. And that's like a, a hardcore racing game. Different, like I don't. Though different but still the same idea of like hey we want your first time on the track to be a good time especially when you think about all the tracks are open from the start and also if you're playing with one of these smaller joy-con not the most comfortable way to play this game i get that Uh, i was gonna say uh taking off the joy cons but not putting the straps on them Mm -hmm. and playing sideways like that it's a cute novelty when you go to power slide it's like power sliding with the volume buttons on your phone Uh like it's like it's tough and we made it work and it's 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 creaky too like you and clicky very like it it doesn't gotta bring the straps I think so, yeah. 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 No, br- yeah. Actually, I meant with the strap. So you're saying without it? It's without? Have you bad? tried it without? No, I oh, won't. Yeah, I won't go yeah. near it. Give that a shot because it's just, I mean, <laughs> just imagine it. Like you're power sliding with these little indented buttons. But um, like I, I think when I, that. when I fly tomorrow, I'm straight up going to bring a Joy-Con grip and a Pro Controller. Okay. I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like we each get our own controller on an airplane. Yeah. That rules. Yeah. Well, I, I think, is the I way think to this go. is a game yeah. if you have a lot of people around you uh, who like Mario Kart, you must buy. I don't. Yeah. I think if you're looking for a single player game, Mario Kart has never been the right answer. Mm-hmm. It isn't. Whereas this, if you if you're a Switch owner, I confidly say this is the best Mario Kart game they've made. Actually, we have a question related to the Mario Kart series. Love that game. Show. So good. Yep. All right. Next uh, game we have on our list. Tell me, should I care about Kamiko? Okay. It's a five dollar Switch game. Yeah. That showed up on the Japanese eShop. I want to say a week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And you own it. I actually imported it. Quote unquote, because I mean, the cool thing about that is I set up a Japanese account on my Switch, which took five minutes. Using a separate email, I started a My Nintendo account with, and just in the drop down menu, chose Japan as my location. So now yeah. on my Switch menu, I have like Brian and Japanese Brian, and you, How do you put money in it. So for that, uh, I went to Play Asia and I bought a $10 eShop card, which they emailed me the digital code for instantly. Right away. So no mail, no nothing. There's a way to do it on Amazon JP too, but I'm not sure because mm. you do need, uh, I think, a Japanese address though. And that's where it gets it. a little more cumbersome. It gets a little right? more cumbersome, but it's possible and yeah. they'll send you a code as well. I've heard, if that's not true, write in. There's also smaller sites, but watch it. There's markup on that stuff. So like yeah. 6,000 eShop points is next thing you know, it's 6,500. Yeah. or 6800 They try to get some money out of you just for providing. I think my $10 one came out to like $10.50, right? Okay, and I use it to buy a $5 game, so I have like $5 left in Japanese money. But you spent an extra 50 cents. Spent an extra 50 cents. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll be okay. So um, 
I bought Kamiko, which is a game. Uh, it's sort of a top-down action slash with mild puzzle element game. People are saying it's Zelda-ish. It's not very d- Zelda-ish, um, aside from the fact that one of the three main characters has a sword and a um, spin attack. It looks attack. it looks like Link to the Past top-down, kind of like a the little bit. visuals. That's that's why I thought I, I looked at it a, and wanted to play it. Yeah, but it's got it's some different. cute chunky pixel art. It got a downgrade visually. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. And it's got some like very kind of minimalist twelve bit. Minimalist, chunky pixel art with some cool, uh, really cool music to it. Three playable characters. The thing about this game is that it's basically five levels, uh, four or five levels. Each one of them is uh, different in theme, but similar in sort of approach. You have to light up four nodes uh, that are sort of scattered all over the world and then uh, walk through that node. It'll bring you to a, through a beam and you fight a boss. Do that four or five times in a row. You fight the main boss, and the game is over. Then you can switch over to one of the other characters, another three characters. They all play slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are speedrunning this game. The game, t- top to bottom, took me about an hour and five minutes, which I feel okay with for the $5 game. Uh, and then I immediately went and started a second playthrough with a different character to see how she controlled. Um, people are beating this game in under 15 minutes. So you, the speedrunners are tearing this thing apart. Oh. If that's something you're interested in, cool. I think it's, like, it, it's a perfect fit for the Switch. It looks really cute and gorgeous and fun um and it's it's five bucks which is you know and like it's out in the u.s now right it's yeah. out in the u.s now um that said like there's not a lot to it it's pretty bare bones so if that's something you're okay with if you're looking for something else i mean between all the other games we talked about this week it's not like you're really starving for you're stuff not thirsty yeah, for switch. games this week yep. yeah there's some good stuff going on <laughs> Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly, the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. Gamefly lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy them and keep the games as long as you want, which you'll definitely need for a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are no late fees and you can cancel anytime. You can even rent movies. Movies! A premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash NVC. So go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That's Gamefly.com slash NVC. All right, next on the list, uh, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap, which I've played a little bit of, but this yep. is uh, basically a remake of a Master System game. Uh, it is the third game, I believe, in the Wonder Boy series, uh, and uh, this was made by a French team, which I'm forgetting the developer's name, but it's something clever. But anyway, uh, the idea is it's it's a it's a side-scrolling action platformer-style game, very much in the vein of uh, the closest comparison to Nintendo fan is Zelda Two or Xanadu or something yes. like from from that from that NES era. Uh, with a new coat of paint that looks incredible. It's very uh, Rain, so, Rayman-ish. You know, yes, like, yeah, yeah, very much UB art uh, looking. Uh, very French, but not overdrawn French art, as mm-hmm. uh, some, sometimes that can happen. Uh, I really enjoy it. Like It's very easy to switch between the visual styles. You can switch only the soundtrack if you want to. Um, it does show, though, that it's an old game, at least in, the, in its design, because mm-hmm. you'll reach a certain point where it's not quite clear what the next thing to do is. Right. And it's very easy to forget, especially if you don't know Wonder Boy. Like, I didn't grow up with Wonder Boy. I did not either. I don't know anything about it. But I have so far been hooked enough by this game to give it a shot here and there. But I did hit a wall at one point right after you. So you basically get cursed early on in the 
the game. Actually, what's really cool, I, I want to bring this part up. The beginning of this game is the end of Wonder Boy 2. So when you start this game, you're entering the final battle. And that's a really cool thing when you think about the time period of which this game came out. We're talking about that 80s period where like games were still kind of figuring things out. And uh, that was another thing I really enjoyed in like Super Metroid, for example, when that game starts and you walk by the smoking hole in the ground yeah. that was Mother Brain. That's how you connect with players. Right. I love that this game was trying that even then. So I think that's really cool. Um, but you, you're uh, this hero, you get cursed, and you are turned into, what's the first form you get turned into? Dragon. Like a dragon, yeah. yeah. And then from there, you get cursed and again, and you're turned into a mouse. Yep. And then you turn into something else. Um, and there's a larger story to it all. But when you see just how much work went into the graphics, mm-hmm. it is difficult not to be impressed at the level at which it, uh, and how good it looks now. Yeah, it's got this sort of Mario Maker style uh, graphic switch button where you just hit yeah. the right Instant. shoulder button. And yeah, you instantly go from 8-bit to this gorgeous new painterly yes. style that they have now. Um, that said, I think, Jose, you completely nailed it. Like, it does have a lot of sort of old tendencies to feel like a, a very vintage, very classic game. I have no idea what that noise yeah. was either. <laughs> sound we'll like just get out. Switch message. Or something. No, it sound like when you're in a hospital and a baby's born. Oh, oh like, congratulations. Um, no, so it was, um, it's, it's really cool and it's, it's very clever in a lot of ways. It does, does also feel kind of like a Metroid game without a map. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that sort of Zelda to hit detection, mm-hmm. which when it works feels great, but like when you get bounced around a little bit is very frustrating. You can bounce around more than Zelda 2, too. I, like, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Like If you get hit by a projectile, you tend to like stay in a stun animation. As long as something's consecutively hitting you, oh. you don't come out of it, which is annoying. Uh, but you do have to go for those very precise Zelda 2-like stabs where like when you're fighting the first boss, that's that horse-headed thing. Yeah. I don't know what its name is, but you jump up and you have to get that swipe. Um, yeah, I just found myself kind of hitting the wall sometimes a little bit on that one. Yeah, it's very, it's like, it's very interesting game because, like, 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 like you said, I, I didn't grow up with Wonder Boy either, so I don't really have nostalgia for the original. If I want to see what that game looked like, I can click a button and it goes from this painterly, beautiful art style to this retro eight bit art style. But actually playing it, I was like, I understand why there's a lot of nostalgia towards this game because it is a really special game. The character switching thing is interesting because it doesn't actually let you choose which character you want to be for a while Mm -hmm. you start the game choosing either a boy or a girl from there you get cursed you become a dragon (laughs) uh, which is genderless and then immediately you switch between being like a mouse or a lion type thing um only later in the game where uh, you're at this sort of central hub, which is the town area at the beginning, do you open up this room that lets you switch between any of those characters on the fly, which you have to do to sort of traverse the world. Again, very Metroid-y. Mm-hmm. But um, before that, you're like, I'm stuck as a mouse. And the mouse isn't that great. Like His thing is he can huh. climb walls, but his sword sucks. Yeah. And the dragon can't jump very high, but he can shoot fireballs. Yeah, so you can keep so, things at a distance. Yeah. yeah, so you're kind of like switching between these characters, but not at your own choice. Boss fights get pretty tough. Um, finding them is kind of a pain, and when you die, like that's going all about. the yeah, way back yeah. like That's where the uh, signs of the old game sort of uh, start to appear, and if, for me, it, it's definitely the, the telltale sign that uh, with some games, despite how good intention remakes can be, I do think you need hooks in there to point players in the right directions. Because yeah. sometimes, like games from the 80s, they were just so uh, opaque. Like yeah. you just had no clue sometimes. What do you mean to hit my head against the mountain? Remember that start, that, that Simon's Quest? Oh, like, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was plenty of like lies and deceit in that game, but not to say that happens here, but it's still yeah. very much that you'll talk to some people like, oh, well, you need a priest. Well, where do I find them? 
guy just looks at you. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, ah, oh, great. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go look for him. Yeah, it definitely um, has some of that. Uh, the, not a bad game. Like, no, I, definitely I, I not. Definitely think definitely. We, we I, 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 I would absolutely recommend it, honestly, yeah. for somebody looking for a uh, like cool sort of action platformer for their Switch right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really pretty. Like, it looks great on TV. It looks great in handheld mode. Mm. The soundtrack's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a cool game. All right, so I'll go rapid fire through this next one because uh, I do want to move on to the the fiscal results and the recap and all that stuff. We got some numbers here. Uh, I want to talk about Bye Bye Box Boy, which I yeah. have been playing. Um, <laughs> yes, your 3DS is still relevant, uh, or so Nintendo it was wants weird you playing on the 3DS. No, it is. It works. Um, it is. It is. So the Box Boy trilogy is finally complete. I haven't finished it, um, but it is. Every bit is clever. Every bit is smart in terms of design. They added a, a new character. These new uh, little uh, Q babies. I yeah. think it's Quibby. Quibby. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but uh, there are stages where you are working with one and it is separated from you. So what you're doing at the top of the stage will affect it on the bottom of the stage. So you're like dropping blocks down so it can go over pitfalls or you are trying to trigger switches so it can get through, but then you can slip through as well. It's an escort escort mission, basically. And it it builds on some of the things you learned in the previous games and you quickly learn in this one where it's like, you know, you like you create boxes over your head to protect to protect yourself from a laser. In this one, you got the baby following you you go like the baby uh, you, you have to make a, <laughs> you have to make a shield for the baby as well so it's That's really awesome. clever how it just builds yeah. on the puzzle concept and the best way it builds is the new boxes that they introduce so there's a box rocket where you're able to basically any box that you make on that stage has a rocket thruster that after a few seconds will ignite fire and send it up to a switch that's f- up floating above so you can trigger switches that are above you that way or you can rise to certain platforms that way um, then they have uh, the bomb box is what they call this is basically Bomberman, right? You mm-hmm. just you put it down, it blows up, and it will uh, sort of work in a cross section, so the diagonals are protected. So you slowly like can basically explode your way to uh, a certain point so that you can clear a puzzle. The third one that I've uncovered, but there are four, uh, is the warp box. This one's crazy because basically you create a string of boxes, and the last one is a teleport box. And so when you're done and you put the row down, you will be teleported to that spot oh. as soon as the timer is awesome. up. So you see like a and then you pop on that side so again you're using it to kind of get through like pitfalls and traps and things like that Um, I think that's cool I haven't gotten to the remote box yet that's the fourth type Um, I just I don't know what to expect but I'm going through it quickly uh, and it it does a better job I think than the first game of of sort of reinforce like just getting to the point of an idea I think they almost expect you to know at this point if you've played box boy um but it is it is every bit a satisfying puzzle game. I'm sure there's a whole section of puzzles I'm going to unlock once I've cleared it, which has been the fun surprise with each of the Box Boy games. It's I mean it's just a very the, the, these games have always been kind of under the radar, super clever puzzle games. They, once you start playing, you want to keep on playing. Then there are additional challenges where you may have beaten a level by using you know twelve boxes, and then they go now do it with six, right? Yeah. You're like that's not possible. And then you figure it out. It makes yeah. you feel really smart. Mm-hmm. They added some stuff like it has Amiibo support now, confirming that Q is in the same universe as Kirby. All oh, of the yeah. Amiibo are Kirby based. I don't know that's confirming Kirby. that. Uh, totally confirmed. You can on, even change the skin to Kirby for QB. Trying to think of other. D- Wait, so that means. Uh, never mind. It's, I'm not, I'm not it's do Meta Knight. Kirby. It's, yeah, all, all of the uh, Kirby characters can be swiped. You just made also, up this fiction by yourself? Although, no, it's true. <laughs> 
We should play Smash Brothers. Para is gonna blow your mind. And you can you can use the Japanese QB. Um, oh, the, so what does the it do? Amiibo. What is, what do I, well, I don't, I don't know because when I swiped it, it says uh, you've already unlocked that feature. So it's like oh. I, I bet it's based on you pre- playing the previous games and unlocking all the skins and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got them because I played the previous games. I think the Amiibo will unlock. Which that. is neat and also cruel, by the way, because yeah. if you're playing three for the first time, like I didn't play much of two. Like I got a little into it and then stopped for whatever reasons. I'm sure it was very busy when it came out so all of the outfits from two that would unlock are not allowed i can't wear them and they just sort of hover there in the shop and i'm like i want those so i yeah. went back i played two i bought them all because i had enough currency oh nice uh, that's what happened but uh I, I just feel that's mean i'm just like oh i want yeah, that I outfit, agree. or yeah. i want that thing that um, and i'm not sure if there's a way to unlock it if you just play that one um uh, it, it, it has color game, in it for it does have time. color it for the little color it was always black and white yeah not I, much just a little just a little tinge of red yeah part of me wishes um and i'm i'm i tweeted about it the weekend that i was playing it and got uh a bunch of Vanky responses of, well, I want this on Switch. And I, I totally hear that person. 3DS is getting this game because this game came out a year ago in Japan. This is not that someone sure. sat around and it's like, well, should we put it on? I'm sure someone had that discussion. Would it make sense to make a trilogy for Box Boy yeah, and yeah, release it sure. as one thing? 100%. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely would. And we can't recommend that enough. Good you game. still have your 3DS lying around, though. This is uh, a really good game. So don't sleep on Box Bye Bye Box Boy, yeah. as it's called. All right, let's uh, switch topics then and talk about uh, Nintendo's financial financial results, which uh, yesterday, basically, they outed all of their numbers for the last fiscal year. So remember, that means from March of the year prior, uh, or excuse me, April of the year prior to the end of March, this is basically their the, them meeting and hitting that forecast for Wii U, which was actually really low. We talked about that. Switch. 3DS, what they talked about for mobile, etc. What they didn't talk about, or what they uh, one sentence mentioned, which we're going to get to. So, uh, Switch sales. Them overall, the the overall story is profits are up. Switch is off to a good start. Pokemon Sun and Moon crushed on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile is doing okay, from what we can tell. Yeah. And uh, the sale of the Mariners, that money came through. So that's also part of why. This year, profits were up. And uh, there was also a bunch of money from the Pokemon company that came through. I don't know the exact figure off the top of my head. I think it was like upwards of $80 million or something. And that's licensing in Pokemon. Uh, I, I think it's partially Go money. But I, I don't have the figure right, so don't quote me on that. If you're sitting there going, no, it was I'm sorry. I didn't actually bring it in my notes, so I shouldn't mention it. But uh, overall, Switch sales numbers, 2.74 million Switch units sold worldwide. Now, reminder, this is between March 3rd and March 31st. So that's less than a little month. A month, yeah. yeah. It, uh, you know what that tells us nothing at this point i mean if you look at console launches each one of them is different right in Mm -hmm. the case of the ps4 and the xbox you had two consoles launching at the same time right eating into each other at the holiday season with the wii u you had it launch alone in the holiday season with not the strongest game lineup if you remember nintendo land and 2d mario like not as big obviously as a new zelda game and this one launched in march now if you compare it to a 3ds launch or a ds launch not as strong Mm -hmm. right but those also cost half the money Right, like some of them at least. Yeah. Um, so we don't know a lot from this yet. Yeah, yeah. And like when you compare the launch numbers between Wii U, Wii, and now the Switch, the verdict is out. Sure. Right? Yeah. It does show that uh, at least it sold higher than projection because their projection was two million That's and they true. were done. Yeah. So they, they hit that. Um, the attach rate of one hundred percent for Zelda was something none of us thought we'd say. It's hundred. It's hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get into that. Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
sold uh, 3.84 million total for just Breath of the Wild, but actually on Switch it was 2.76 million, which is 20,000 more uh, than Switch units sold. So there yep. are 20k extra copies yeah. of Breath of the Wild in the world that either aren't being used, special or editions, yeah, or, yeah, or look, we're people buy the well, special editions and don't open them, right? Yeah, that, I think that's part of it. I bought the special edition and then I also bought it digitally because the mm-hmm. special edition had a bunch of cool stuff. Um, I think a bunch of people bought Breath of the Wild, and I know for sure because I tweeted about this and anecdotally people responded saying I bought this game and I still can't find a switch uh-huh. so it's just sitting there waiting and I think these we're looking at these switch sales numbers being like ah pretty strong Nintendo no one has seen one on a shelf in a month so yep. it's like this these numbers could have been 4 million yeah. uh, they've yeah. actually yeah. actively yeah. ship more yeah. um, that be- said I think it's kind of amazing that we've just gone 40 minutes talking about new Nintendo games and this is the first time we mentioned Breath of the Wild yeah like, remember when we were uh, like this is the, the only game show. out there no, the totally. entire show so yeah, far like, we have not said but it does show but it does show there's demand it does show that people are still excited about the system and the question is do they sustain momentum which they have a a sort of the calendar lineup of games where they're saying hey we're going to spread these out so that's where I feel like the story does look more positive as yeah. with the Wii U, right? Like, at the launch of a console, you get a lot of diehard fans who buy it. And then the success of the consoles is determined by how many people are buying into the console after that, right? right? Like, how big can the install base really get yep. and make it worth for publishers to make games? When the Wii, Wii U came out, it had, in the first, before the end of the year, it came out in November, it had four dozen games for it. Yeah. So not a small lineup of titles either. Not a great lineup there were of a lot titles. Of, there was more yeah. third-party support. It was, it was... A lot of ports. But there, a lot of but there was, people there was a high number of games. That. And then in the next year, suddenly it was dropped, right? Like mm. the biggest game, I think, was like March, Lego City yeah. or something. And like you went almost through to like August or something until you got Pikmin. But Per, I don't remember so, it as big of a launch, though, because there was a lot. There was a tepid reception to Wii U. And it was well, a sure. very easy console to find no, what I, when yeah. it came out. And so what I'm yeah. saying is the, the Wii U launched with a lot more software than okay, the Switch. You could actually find Wii U's on store shelves, though. I remember like the launch, uh, like the weekend after the launch, we looked at stores and we're like, they all have Wii U's. That's not yeah. a good sign, yeah. right? The, day the of Switch launch. is gone. And yeah. it's every time we post an article saying, hey, Amazon has Switches. Ten minutes later, it's all, all gone. gone. Yeah. Now the Switch, though, the difference and why I feel pretty good about this machine is that not only did we launch with Zelda, we got Mario Kart, Splatoon, and Mario coming within the first year. Yeah. And that is that is as much as the Wii U got in its entire yeah. life. And you're still hitting life hardcore genres with like Xenoblade yeah. 2 if that's yeah. on schedule, which it better be. I, um, sorry, had to do that because yeah, you no, lied to right. me before. You lied to me for three years yeah. about the last Xenoblade. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, it's one thing to have tremendous games. It's one thing to have killer apps. I think another thing, like this, the fact that like we're looking at games like Zelda and Mario Kart specifically yeah. are not just games that like can dominate or at least get very high up in an NPD very early on. These are long tail franchises with long legs. Like you Mario buy a Kart, Switch next year, you're going to buy Zelda, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think Zelda Zelda in six months or a year or two is just as appealing as it is today. Games like Skyrim and GTA, Zelda and Mario Kart joined the ranks of those franchises. Mario Kart was in the MPD for a long time. Yep. Mario Kart is one of those games that sticks around once it gets in there. Like, it's one of the best-selling Wii U games. It was one, it was probably, I think it was the best-selling Wii game. Was it up yeah, there? Yeah, 34 million. Yes, yeah, so 34 yeah, upward million. Upward of 34 yeah. million. Yeah. Um, and you look at that and you look at the attach rate that I think we're seeing with the Switch. Uh, this has potential to reach, I believe, 
Uh, maybe not necessarily DS or Wii numbers, but I think it'll do 3DS numbers. If it does somewhere between 3DS and and Wii numbers, mm-hmm. like you're looking at a hit here. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're already running into the issue that I think many of us predicted before the launch is that game announcements are hitting now, right? We're getting stuff like Prey and Battlefront Call of Duty, 2, World and War Call II. of Duty, yeah. and uh, Red Dead. None of them are coming to Switch, mm-hmm. but maybe Switch will find success with a lot of these smaller games. The fact that we spent 30 minutes talking about things like Puyo Puyo and Wonder Boy and Kamiko and games that are like, they're not going to be million sellers, but like they build a library and they build up this sort of like treasure of I open up my Switch, I've suddenly got 40 different games to choose from. Well, and that's a good point, but it is going to be a shame if, and this is going to happen, I think, at least until Mario, if most of year one passes and there are is not another big game or two, and granted, maybe I'm I'm being a little hyperbolic here because Xenoblade is a massive game, for example, yeah. and that's games yeah. on time, and I'm believing it is but not a crowd pleaser. It's not a main. No, no, no. But I'm success. talking more yeah. scale, scope. Yeah, okay. Like right now, I feel like Switch is AAA. being associated. Yeah, AAA. I feel like tri- Switch is being associated as as like all small indie games, and it's like, and I'm not saying you said and that. I'm saying I've heard AAA that. Game, and yeah. one giant AAA game, but I feel like that giant AAA game keeps getting left out of the conversation in terms of, hey, a game of that scale and size works really well on the system. The challenge is, is a third party going to invest the resources to make that happen Mm -hmm. and say to, and commit to Nintendo being the place where they're going to try and make that money? Yeah. And they haven't made that strong play yet and they're still waiting for that big third party game. Um, I think it is coming. I think it's a matter of time. Whether or not it's year one is the question. And think of year one on every console too. Yeah. Usually year one is not great. It's okay Mm, at best, right? And so far, I feel like we're satisfied with year one and year one looks pretty good if it can continue at the momentum that it is, which is the big question mark. Well, year one is always interesting for consoles because consoles historically launch in November, right? Mm -hmm. So that means year one is Christmas where all the launch games are out of the way, which is where we are now in in March, April, May with the Switch, and then six months until E3. Droughts. Very different story with us here, right? E3 is in a month and a half. Yeah, and we've got arms on the way too right like there are a couple of other games that are in the path here what is most notable for me is like we we all we all got excited about zelda and that's our that's our kind of game but the big sellers are mario kart and mario right like that's like on every console the big sellers are mario kart and mario that's true smash Smash brothers is up there before usually a lot of the zelda games that may change because breath of the wild is so good um but I, I I don't know. I mean, like I hope Mario doesn't get delayed and fall out of this year. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think it can because that's a very strong. That's like a second launch for Christmas. Right. You're putting the Switch out. Maybe it's going to be cheaper. I, I actually don't think so. I, I don't think, think they're so going to hold their I don't price. Think it'll be cheaper. They have new controller color, colors that go out with Mario bundles, at Christmas. Yeah. The only way really it's good. cheaper is if this summer it does not sell at all. If yeah. by the next financial meeting this quarter happens and just all the momentum dies out of this thing, I yeah. think that is the only warning sign where Nintendo says, okay, we have to drop this price yeah. or we have yeah. to bundle or we have to do something else. And granted, I still think this holiday you're going to see bundles i think the fact that they were able to use zelda as a not bundle title and get everyone to commit that way uh was was a bold choice but for the holiday you are facing stiffer competition from your uh from your competitors i think e3 is really important this year too yeah because e3 is it's a summer conference right like they can if they announce the right titles that people care about whether it's sequels to the existing franchises or some new stuff or some partnership stuff right like continued rumblings with with rabbits and yeah, uh, rabbits Mario characters Mario. is yeah. gonna happen right like yeah. it's it's 
pretty trustworthy, all that stuff. So that will, all of that, I think, will add up and tell a good story for summer. Yeah, you got to keep that. The... You got to keep that honeymoon phase going, right? Yep. And that's where we all are right now with the Switch. And I think going from you know uh, Breath of the Wild to Cart to Splatoon to Arms to everything else, um, that'll be an awesome few months if they can keep that conversation going through E3 into the fall. If third parties are watching what happened with the first few months of the system and seeing that people are really connecting with it, and they can start deciding that they are making announcements at E3 or even this fall that they're going to start porting stuff over. I'm not stupid. I know it takes a little bit of time to port a game over to Switch, mm -hmm. especially of the magnitude of some of the AAA games that are coming out from third parties right now. The fact that these games are scaling up towards the PS4 Pro and now the Scorpio, I mean, you can't really take the vision of something like Battlefront 2 and shrink it down to this system. Oh, yeah. But Zelda works there. So you can take this incredible, huge, deep, 100-hour RPG action game and put it there. So if if companies can figure out a way to you know translate their vision to this thing or even do uh, Bethesda where you bring a Skyrim over or you bring a mm -hmm. Fallout over eventually hopefully um, I think you're going to see some su su uh, success here but yeah. it's all about that momentum right like we don't want to get in that Wii U era where it's one game every three or four months I want one big game, one or two big games a month, couple indie games every single week to hold me over, yeah. get that virtual console rolling out, like but get you all make of a that good working. Point. They need third parties to come out. And now that games are getting announced and now that more and more sort of veils are getting lifted on new software, you don't want to make it seem like, once again, this is the Nintendo-only system plus indies. And I don't think that is... Uh, a way you can succeed with this box. Mm -hmm. It didn't work the first time with Wii U, and it will not work this time. Year, if, if year one is still just weathering the storm and then year two is where the big third-party games start to show up, I think that's all right. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that also shows that maybe you guys have to start getting better at getting third parties into your pool and access because we also don't know if just access to the device was part of the reason that some third parties were not right. able to pick up and start making games. It seems totally. like they all had so access secretive. because, like, yeah. I mean, think about it. Sega had it, definitely, right? They got Sonic Japanese company. You. Keep going. Capcom had it. Japanese right? company. Like, Keep going. Square had it. <laughs> Japanese company. Yeah. Keep going. But Bethesda probably had it. Oh, oh, has well, it? You would hope, although the Skyrim... Yeah, had it and went, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then put it down. Um, oh, FIFA, that's right. So, right, so quick, real quick counterpoint yeah, yeah. to all that. One of the things I'm finding with my Switch habits uh, is that I'm playing less and less mobile games, and I'm not touching my 3DS at all. Mm. So uh, whereas it's not directly competing with the games I'd play on my PS4, because um, I still feel like that's kind of a church and state, right? Mm -hmm. When I sit down, turn on my surround sound, play a big game in PS4, or PSVR, Xbox One, um, stuff I'm playing on Switch is competing with the smaller, weirder games I was playing on my phone, because now I'm not touching my touchscreen anymore. No one's texting me during it. I have this pure, focused gaming device that I can bring anywhere. And I think Nintendo firing on all cylinders of not really having to, and we're still seeing tricklings of the 3DS games here and there, mm -hmm. but I think bringing everything slowly over to Switch, focusing everything on one platform. I think if we start seeing third parties experiment with some of their older games or some new IPs or some smaller versions of current games that they're working on and putting them on Switch, we might see some cool success there. Yeah. Uh, instead of expecting Battlefront 2, maybe there's a ground-up type of Star Wars thing that I would have played on my phone that now I'll play on my Switch. That's what instead. I want, and that's that's what I think they need, especially um, going into a holiday where Star Wars is going to be the biggest thing you talk about. Yeah. Anyone's going to be talking about is Last Jedi. Yeah. The minute December rolls around, the November rolls around, that's going to be the biggest thing. You need a Star Wars franchise 
title. And not That's just not, Lego Star Wars. And not just Lego Star Wars. Although that will satisfy the kid factor. It's not for people like It'll us. It'll happen for sure. Um, but all right. Dude, I'll play the hell out of Lego Star Wars yeah. on my Switch. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see, right? And then the other thing, and I think one of you said this earlier, and I apologize if I'm not attributing this right. If third parties just say, okay, we have uh, Final Fantasy 15, and that's a success, and we think we can make this work on Switch, but we have to change the art style, or we mm-hmm. have to change the look of it, we have to sort of massage this, but not make it seem like this is a cheap, crappy port of a game. Right. That's where we're going to see if that strategy can work or not. You don't want don't a dead if... rising chop till you drop. Yeah. Yeah. More like choppy frame rate till you, yeah, you, till you drop yeah, the controller it. and walk That's away. Right. You don't uh, want that. Really quick, uh, well, we don't know shooters based on Dead Space and stuff. Yeah, that was a cool game. That it was a cool bad, game, but it wasn't the right. It wasn't the same. It wasn't, as Dead it Space. wasn't the same as, as it was Dead a Space. roller coaster. Yeah. Right, it's like playing a VR game where you just sit and then you're shooting yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, we don't know how One Two Switch did at all. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no disclosure wasn't on that. Thirteenth on NPD last month. It's not uh, a good it, it was thirteenth on NPD though last month. But then yeah. again, I mean March is as a big month for anything. Like probably my. But it's probably my most regretted purchase in, in Nintendo really? launch game history. Yeah. yeah. But I, it shows. I really wanted to connect with that game. I could not. It's, it's, it's fussy. It's not as turnkey as it should be. Like, I, mm-hmm. I tried playing it with non-gamer friends, and they just lost interest. I'm like, hold on a second. Hold on. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, by the time you got it working, like, yeah. it's, it wasn't in, intuitive enough. Uh, it shows, though, that the audience that went nuts over Wii has moved. is not the same as care. the Switch audience because no. that is more of a mainstreamy title. Like, yep. Wii Sports. Well, we kept something. saying like we need a Wii Sports for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the what is what is that launch game for this thing? Well, we talked about how this wasn't it. Like, yeah. we knew that we mm-hmm. went into this going this this isn't the Wii Sports thing, but it can be a thing. And it turns mm-hmm. out, but just put Wii not. Sports on this thing. <sighs> you did that on Wii U, and it didn't really move anything. I think I think you wait, but uh, we can get into that and maybe later. Uh, I just want to get through 3DS numbers. So uh, they sold 7.27 million units there. A lifetime 3DS has surpassed 66 million units. That's cool. Pokemon Sun and Moon, 15.44 million units sold right on the heels of X and Y, which is 16. It is absolutely not. Dude, the top three games on 3D, uh, the top four games on 3DS, three of them are Pokemon games. The only one that's not a Pokemon game in there is Mario Kart uh, 7, I think. Yeah. uh, Which is nuts. Uh, Super Mario Maker 3DS sold better than we thought it would, Uh, 2.34 million units. Um, No idea if the Mario phone game bump actually exists slash works. Not going to say uh, whether or not that influenced that. Well, there's but not I'm that surprised. much software on the 3DS. Like I feel like any kind of major yeah. Nintendo mm-hmm. release will sell. Yeah, and then even though it was the lesser of the versions. Kirby Planet Robobot uh, sold uh, 1.36 million units. Yeah, that's bop, 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 really bop. big. Yeah, yeah, I mean, good. for a Kirby game, it didn't kill the console like either. Write that yeah. down. No, it didn't <laughs> kill the, not yet. No, it was one more so Kirby game they got to roll out. I got. I got to read this because this is my favorite moment of the entire uh, right. financial results numbers. So there was a one sentence mention of the NES Classic. One sentence. Was it we couldn't find it either? <laughs> it should have been. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Entertainment System colon NES Classic Edition also launched in Japan and overseas to in, in, in November Excuse me, to widespread popularity. And that's it. And they changed topics to Amiibo. That was it. Widespread popularity, no lifetime sales, no mention on if they uh, regret or are happy or are <laughs> thrilled or anything. Just this released widespread popularity and Amiibo sold 9.1 million units of figure type 9.3 but and it was like that's it goodbye see you soon I'm just I'm sad we've we've already had our grievances on that this story has not been told yet what happened with the NES classic there is a story there that could have been the the hot Christmas toy not even like a game console competitor like that could have been a hot Christmas toy 
and they didn't they either didn't predict the market or there was something else and they didn't want it to be or that it had guy. to be all switched like, look, all the you time you can always say like well they meant it as a limited like no company goes we could make a lot of money but let's not do that right like no company <laughs> ever says that like the limited Nintendo releasing that. is that's bold. their whole MO they oh, but they that. didn't they said oh no we never intended which I think is them using an excuse I think you're right but I at, would love to know what happened at the same time um, these rumblings of a Super Nintendo classic have now kicked up right and it's the big question of whether or not that's true and whether or not people who wanted the first one are so upset they don't want to go back which i don't think is true but we'll see i mean we kept saying that about amiibo yet amiibo kept selling but the bigger story i think is that if you are doing this again if you are doing an snes classic be upfront about how limited it's going to be stern glance at the camera all of us wrong camera there we go sean be upfront about how limited it's going to be and make sure you, 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 you up production. But we've talked about this too. Would anyone have expected this device to do well? I don't think it didn't for Sega. It didn't for Atari. Why the heck did Nintendo think would have thought that? But then because the reaction should have been the sea change. Because people have better memories of Super Mario Bros. 3 than they do Echo the Dolphin and Altered Beast. Don't start that fight, man. Yeah, people, those are bad games. Fans are Bring it. The, door down. No the fight's over, man. Like, uh, you can't argue against you that. You can't. I'm not going to. Uh, like I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, I was here. No one actually liked Echo. I like the concept of you it. You didn't like Altered Beast. No one likes no, Altered Beast. No, you no remember that you do, like but you didn't like Altered Beast. Like like if Levi you listen to the show and you bought Altered Beast on 3DS, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, on mobile, uh, just I'm not going to go into numbers there, but an interesting quote was that Mario run iOS and Android together have almost reached 150 million downloads. Fire Emblem has a tenth of that that generates more revenue. Um, and Nintendo's absolutely. Re- report itself just brought up, hey, we tried these different models and we tested the market and that was pretty much how they tried to spin this. They, basically, they said, we tried these two models, one which Apple advised us strongly against <laughs> and everyone who knows the mobile business and we did it anyway $10? for our biggest uh, game. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which everybody's making lots of money on, guess what? That's the one that's making lots I of money. I paid for it. I have no regrets, yeah. but I completely understand and the mobile Mario market. Run? Mario Run. Oh, I adored yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah, it's not about the game being bad. It's like it's, it's the audience. The model yeah. th- that model doesn't work on mobile. I, and like Nintendo yeah. just had to see it for themselves because they they've been making games for longer than anyone has made games on mobile, and they just needed to experience it. I absolutely adored that game. I put twenty hours into it. Uh, it updated the other day, and they put in this new eight bit Bowser icon thing for the Toad area. There's like a whole bunch of new stuff, and I went to look at it, and they were like, "Collect forty thousand Toads," and I literally pulled. My my finger up in the air and gave my middle finger to my phone. <laughs> Other than that, I love that game. Also, the news that uh, Nintendo Technology Fellow Genya Takeda is retiring at 68 in June, by the way. Our yeah. story messed up, said he retired. It's not true. Yeah. He's retiring this June after the next uh, investors meeting. And uh, he's been with the company for 45 years. That's a beautiful thing. Although very typical in Japan, right? You you stay with the same company in a lot of cases uh, until you retire. Um, the, the, the old Older generation, for sure. I mean, sh- the, everything's changing, right? Everywhere mm-hmm. in the world. But yeah. And he was, I mean, he was just kind of him? a... Yes, yeah. Past space worlds. But not like... He was always a guy in the room and never the focus oh, of okay. any of our, you know, of our interviews. So just well-dressed yeah. suit, hanging out. Yeah. yeah. You know, one, Ever of talk the, to him? one of the creative guys. Just not, not in detail, no. Okay, so uh, just some background on this man, and this is light. We'll maybe go into a little bit more about him or the things he worked on in another show. Uh, 
responsible for the design of the Nintendo 64 analog stick, the Wii hardware design, some mm. classic games like Punch Out are part of this man's resume. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's going to be replaced uh, by one of his colleagues, Ko Shioda, who is uh, going to take his place on the board, basically. Currently, that guy is the platform technology, head of the platform technology development. Wii hardware design is still, to this day, one of the most gorgeous pieces of hardware I've ever seen. Agree. Looks the great. Wii on is show. so, like, yeah, the Wii U is just such an odd step. I know. After the Wii, like which is, it, like the way it's it like it's slanted and like the the way it stands up and it's, yeah, it's such all, a I cool love that machine. little stand it's so cool. Yeah. So uh, Nintendo has forecast that they're going to ship 10 million units of Switch hardware in Ooh. fiscal 2017-2018. That's for the fiscal year. Reminder, next that's the next 12 months yep. starting this April. Um, that seems low to me. And I want to talk about why. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about why. Why does that seem low to me? Okay. Well, why does that seem low in general? Am I am I wrong? I think that they're lowballing this number. I think so too. I think they're yeah. being cautiously optimistic because it'll help them look at their investors in a year and be like, "We did it." Mm-hmm. You know, why? If this thing sold this much already without having many on the shelf, I think we can easily do twelve million, thirteen. It makes you wonder too if there's just lack of confidence in the supply chain. That, that's what that. I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I I think the only reason why they would state it like that. I mean, the two reasons are they have. With the Wii U, they have constantly had to take down their number, and that doesn't feel good, doesn't put anybody, like, it doesn't create confidence uh, with their investors, but it also hurts third-party relations. Like, as, you know, the heads of companies like EA or Square will look at that and say, man, they're taking down their number, which means fewer machines. Why should I not cancel some of the projects I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think they just, they want to beat the number, and they want to have good news out there and say, we did it. The second thing is lack of confidence in being able to make enough machines or getting the right amount of machines to the different territories because unlike some of the other consoles and that's why launch system launch figures are always apples and oranges right some launched in japan earlier in the u.s later Mm -hmm. uh, or vice versa it's like they need they're servicing all the territories at once so they've tried this strategy before in the wii u era and it's not a guaranteed win scenario because i don't recall the exact figure, but I remember one of the forecasts was like Wii U will sell three million, like three and a half million mm-hmm. over the course of the next year. And we sat here going, they're lowballing because <laughs> they've set the number so low that when the next festival comes around, they could say we hit that or we su- we exceeded. Fun fact, that year they just got there. Yeah. I think they were right underneath the target. They knew they but, had no games. But no one made a huge yeah. deal out of it. Right. It was just basically, oh, well, whatever. Um, they, they were yeah. just short didn't hurt them. But I, I, I do agree with that. I just feel that it is strange to see that considering the excitement for the machine, considering how much they've sort of spelled out for people for year one and how much excitement that's generated. Right. But yeah. that said, do we know much about profit margins on this thing? Like what are they're selling it for two ninety nine? What are they making off of each thing? Oh, they're making money per oh, isn't it? Money. We just don't know how much. We don't know how much, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'd be interested in knowing that because they Nintendo has never really sold at a loss. Nope. But um something tells me that the profit margins are slightly slimmer on this thing than than some of the systems we've seen in the past. There's just a lot going on here. Uh so I'd be interested to know that and I wonder if that's part of the low balling procedure for them. Mm-hmm. Um if they're not making if they're making forty, fifty bucks off of each unit, you know, then maybe lowball. I think in the time in the in the past, they probably made more than that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal report earlier this year, uh, just a couple weeks ago, that was talking about Nintendo ramping up production from 8 million units for the 
fiscal year to 16. Mm. But again, these were just rumors and people talking. Like this was not like a confirmed thing Nintendo ever said. You need to make more than 10 million units in order to sell 10 million, right? right. Like you you need to have supply on store shelves in different places because, you know, if the thing is a hit in the US but not that hot in Europe, you you know, you got to make sure that the machines are sitting there for people to buy. Which tends Um, to happen, you know, and anecdotally we're even seeing in, in Japan it's impossible to buy this thing, you know, like there's still big, it's a big news. I see tweets when someone's like, this one store has got two units, like rush down there. Get them. Yeah, that's yeah. great. What I thought was interesting, the uh, they're expecting to sell six million. I was going to bring that up next. Yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're they, keeping it around? They're keeping it around, but they're not, that doesn't say to me, hey, we have a new smaller 3DS or something exciting coming to the market where people who already own a 3DS would double dip and buy a new one. Like I think the six pro- million is yeah. lower than the last year. They may have not a may not have a Pokemon well, game and with all that. With that you right. just you just do some new color changes, right? And you, well, you tried out the whole line. The thing is like the two DS launch is sort of their like low end, like a low barrier for point. entry entry yeah. point system, right? Um, I think eventually you why are you swinging that at me? Eventually you get to the point like possibly this holiday uh, where they can say like, hey if you want to play a bunch of Nintendo games on the cheap. Our 3DS is now as cheap as the 2DS used to be. There's a brand new color for it. You know, they're, we're, they're, they're pushing there, right? You see Nintendo Selects constantly get touted, and that's the $20 label for any Nintendo uh, 3DS game, which is yep. a, a good choice. There's also the question of, do you make it cheaper? Do you finally commit and say, all right, 99 bucks for the regular 3DS, which they experimented with. There was that uh, there was that Black Friday bundle. Yep. The poor, poor Alexio on our, on our video tech team wanted so badly and you know what alexio got nothing because which one uh he wanted the black uh new 3ds oh, that was 99 yeah. bucks for yep. like a day or a weekend or he whatever it was. the galaxy one it was gone yeah but, yeah. Like, but like to me the, the 3ds story in the next year has to be one of differentiation right like there's the hey it's cheap and therefore you want it if you can't afford the 300 dollars machine but like the 3ds xl is not that much smaller and so yep. when i make a decision what game what console to bring with me on the go it's not it's not like oh I'm going to take the 3DS because it'll fit in my pocket like I don't run into that maybe yeah. some people do and so that's where I feel like you almost need a new device. You almost well, need your the, switch doesn't you need the tiny. Now it's switch the doesn't play the, Pokemon. Yeah, but now it's the time for GBA Micro for like a small machine so that you is think cheaper, a new, a not new, more expensive, a new smaller 3DS yep. model to just say okay this is it this is our last year of production yep. we're going to push this out. Interesting. Um, Might be a March one thing, thing with your example, year, though, is that you may not be the target consumer, though, anymore, especially no, just given that, you know, like all of us on this show are not. We have no. upgraded to Switch. We only want to play games on Switch. No looking back. It feels like what? Bo- Box Boy felt like original. No, it feels box. like I love I love it, but it feels like watching a movie on uh-huh. DVD now. Yeah. You know? okay. Kids, yeah. But that's the thing, right? Like the younger audience does not want the big iPhone either. Mm-hmm. They want they want the smaller models usually. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I feel like. If, especially if you're going after kids, go smaller. Yeah. They're not the ones who are crowing about fidelity saying, oh, this screen is too tiny. Like, right. they are fine with small screens. My daughter has an iPad Pro and a phone. She watches all her freaking shows on the iPhone. Yeah. Right? And that thing's sitting there. I mean, she draws on it. Let's mm-hmm. see. My not, only, not my only counter to your argument, which I think is good, yeah. is just that it can distract from 3DS. Anything new, new, new anything Nintendo. Oh, I'm saying you replace it. Sorry, can you say you replace it? No, but but I'm talking about Switch. Like oh, Switch. Do you, does that distract from Switch? Yes, I think would. it does. Yes, it would. But it also will. Like now, you have two models on the market that are very similar in size. The the Switch is bigger than the XL. Yep. Like, don't you want to differentiate by saying, you know what, the 3DS is a very, is a very different device. It's yay big. Yep. You know, 
cheap carts. Yeah, I mean, I maybe we'll see. We'll see. I think it's, I think they have to be careful with um, cannibalizing the sales of the Switch because I think for the first time ever we've never really had this before. Where they, I mean, I guess they have in the era of like the GBA and the DS around the same work. time, right? Going, yeah. The it DS and the 3DS. Yeah. But it's, that failed. It's tough to support both those things at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think now more than ever, I mean, you have this high end handheld. Uh, and then you have a, a handheld that you've been kicking around for a few years. You have to be careful there. I think you don't want to energize the old brand too much. I think you can slowly phase it out with some price drops. You don't, yeah. I think you make it cheap. Make it cheap. Bundle it with some games. Reach um, a different audience. And then put some damn Pokemon on Switch if you really want to. You want to get that number to 15. Oh, 2018. Right? That's gotta be yeah. 2018, That's gotta be a, baby. A big E3 Buckle up Come for on. for 2018. Uh, so all right, just one question on the question block because we are over time, and this is a good one. Uh, Clyde Kohler writes in says I love to see how you would rank the Mario Kart series Ooh. of games. Uh, he'd love an article on the site as well about that. And uh, that. just, yeah, which, uh, as as well as what you miss of a former game. No, we're not going to do the second part of the question. Just let's rank the Mario Kart series. This is from Clyde Kohler. Thank you for writing in, Clyde. This is a very tough number one for one. me. What is number one? Oh, man, this is tough for me personally because I want to say Mario Kart 64 because I had the most fun with it at the time. Yeah. But I think MK8 is probably like technically um, just character-wise. I thought I was going to be alone on that. No, I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to not say that that's like just the best package of all Mario Kart, right? Yeah. I can tell you what the worst one is. Which one? Super Mario uh, Kart Advance. Oh, so Super Circuit. Super Circuit. Super Circuit. Yeah. Is, is not a fan. No, not a fan. And I think because the way the, 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 like, I think it controls the weakest. I think the level design is kind of the weakest. It was generous, the f- though. They gave you tons of carts that kind yeah, of race yeah. tracks on that yeah. one. Um, and, but it's also, it lacked the verticality of the level, uh, other levels. Everything is completely flat, which yeah. you get a free pass on on Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Kart, the original. Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, let's see. No, so for me, it's eight deluxe, I think, is now the best package with the battle mode brought back in style that to me is the strongest game i too i have the fondest memories of 64 and the super nes game yeah. super nes of course two player uh, versus only and and co-op uh, i love so, playing that with my friend yeah. top one would be eight deluxe then i would do i would say seven is number two really yeah, 3DS. I think, yeah i think uh, yeah, i love that game really good game more than ds even though snaking being what it was ds was great man snaking killed DS it for me man yeah, but snake is, the, the mario kart ds is amazing dude snaking was good. like I'm in I'm in second place and first place is playing Mario Kart 8. That's how far ahead they were. <laughs> yeah. Like sneaking was like you were couldn't even catch up. You could throw oh, 80 blue shells but, in a row at them. No, and then I I really liked 64 especially four player battle mode was really good. Yeah. Um I couldn't get into double dash. I know there are a lot of fans. I love the mechanics. I always thought it was slow. Yeah, double dash would be would be me. number 3 for me. Really. I liked yeah, yeah, I really liked the I, I liked uh, double dash's multiplayer modes like playing grand prix stuff was cool playing two play I think you should play could you play two was the same flat, I hated it? battle mode yeah, in that It game. was totally yeah. botched. No one's talking about the Wii version. Mario That's because we all didn't like it. Yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, that what one's happened not, there? Yeah. Um, Rubber Band AI in that game really killed it for Yeah, me. too many blue shells. Um, I mean... It, it, I mean, whatever we think of it, it was one of the best-selling entries in that series. I know. You know, like, I, none of those um, games like, with the they're motion all really good games for, for right? everyone. Yeah, like, graphically, it's it's all good. We one's really hard to look at. No, yeah, today, but at the time, it it, it was hard too because there was HD consoles. <laughs> but uh, it it. it it hit all the right notes. It's yeah. not a terrible game. I just think the rubber banding is out of control, mm-hmm. uh, especially from CPU players. Like I just, I didn't. And battle mode doesn't stand out in my mind on that game either. Yeah. But I wasn't really a fan, yeah. uh, like you guys were. So wait, what's number two? Is it Mario Kart 64 or Mario Kart DS? Choose now so we can move on. 
For you? Oh, for, for I, I would say... We have to agree on this. I would say 2 is 64. 64? Yeah, from a, just a nostalgia factor. I love that game so much. Battle mode, man. Yeah. Yeah. Battle mode was yeah. the best. No, you're Can right. I get Double Watch Dash four. at 4 if no. I give you DS at, at, at 3? Yes. What about 7? Uh, seven. Oh, 7 could be... I would put eight, 7 at 64, three. Seven, 7, DS... Double dash. double dash. Get Double Dash in Dude, the Dude, if we don't put four. Super Mario Kart in the top five, we're going to get hell forever. But I don't really care. Like, to me, <laughs> I don't. But it's also so good. It really is. Like, it's infinitely playable still. But it's been, it's been improved upon exponentially. No question. No, no question. question. Yeah. yeah, but it started at all. And Super it does Circuit's have dead last. Yeah. We'll huh? give it that. Super Circuit, dead last. Super Circuit, dead last. Yeah. Does we come before then Super Circuit? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll give it that. All right. Well, thank you so All much right. for watching, for listening. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> uh, you want to know what it's like to make a list here at IGN? That's a, that's a tiny little... under time constraints. I'm really sorry I put yeah. you guys on the spotlight. That harmless. That. Yeah. It, well, it's what we do here. And uh, if you like IGN, uh, you should... And you like Nintendo Wish Chat, you should check out our YouTube channel, NVC, uh, which you can find on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, bear in mind, that's what that means. But you can look up NVC and we'll come up there too. You find us on iTunes or any podcast service you name that we're out there um and yeah thanks again for for listening to the show send feedback uh what's our email nvc at ign.com very complicated to remember i know i forgot sometimes. nvc <laughs> at ign.com that's spelled igan i just tried yes. to get him to talk once and this is what i oh, got that's it. oh you were, the, you were oh, i didn't know this was like a little bone i got uh-huh all right uh, enjoy <laughs> enjoy that steak so <laughs> thank you for watching and listening to nintendo voice chat we're a weekly show on ign and you can find us on twitter you can find brian altano at agent bizzle you can find pear schneider at pear ign and you can find myself jose underscore otero thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.